All right, I'm going to show you some fun stuff with some recovery effects that I haven't shown you yet on the podcast. Um, and I also got a new telharmonic from uh, Make Noise, and I'm very excited about that. So to get started, really quick, we got that low rumbling tone, and that's coming from the telharmonic. And then we've got that bass drum coming from the peaks. Now, I'm running that bass drum from the peaks into a bad comrade from Recovery Effects, and that low rumble, I'm running into a Motormatic from Recovery Effects, which is a ring modulator, and then I'm bringing that through a uh, VCA, 0HP VCA from Mystic Circuits. So, let's see what that sounds like real quick. So the Motormatic coming from that low hum. Oh, and I'm modulating the CV with the woggle bug. So that's that low tone that you hear going through the motormatic being modulated by the woggle bug. Now what's really cool is that kick drum coming in from the bad comrade, which is being, uh, the CV is being controlled by the contour for make noise. Pretty nasty. Uh, let's bring the oscilloscape in. It's just a little drum drum beat, just to keep it nice and tight. It's a little extra texture. Now I've got this sound from the telharmonic. So that's the telharmonic going through another Mystic Circuits Zero HP VCA. But let's see what that sounds like when we run it through the cutting room floor. So the cutting room floor is like a, a really lo-fi, kind of overdriven delay from recovery effects. Now let's modulate the CB with that, from that, with the make noise function. Now I'm going to bring the blend all the way up so all we get is the wet signal from the cutting room floor. So if you want to destroy Bit Crush and just mangle your stuff and get some nice noisy doom sounds, head over to recoveryeffects.com. They have everything you need. All right, Pod Mod Bods, welcome back. This is like my tenth attempt at uh, recording this intro for some reason my brain isn't working today but I have to get it done and uh, so this is the one you're gonna get today we're talking to Walker Farrell and if that name doesn't ring a bell you definitely know his voice and maybe even his hands <laughs> it sounds creepy uh, the reason I say that is because he works for make noise and he does all the demo videos on YouTube so if you've recently got yourself a woggle bug a DPO a maths a function an STO a no coast whatever he's probably given you a few tips and tricks on how to get started with it we also talk about where fatherhood and creativity collide and a bunch of other stuff it was a really nice chat um, he also does a really killer patch that ended up uh, convincing me to finally by uh, Telharmonic, which you heard in my little demo ad intro here. Um, before we get into this talk, I want to remind you that my label, Self Center Records, is releasing an EP by Lemon Jaya. 
uh, three awesome songs. Uh, Lemon Jaya, aka Josh Lim, is one of the uh, co-founders of the Modular on the Spot in Seattle. Uh, he's a dear friend now, and uh, yeah, it's just a, it's a really cool uh, little collection of songs. I've always really admired labels that kind of, the, you know, there's these labels that I just trust, and I'll just buy whatever they release without hearing it, and um, that's kind of something that I'm aspiring to. So I want to just deliver unto you things that I think are definitely worth listening to so please go to selfcenterrecords.bandcamp.com and check that out you can get a pre-order right now uh, and you'll get one of the songs three bucks what a value and also thank you to all you patreon subscribers you guys are helping us keep the leds blinking over here and if you would like to help you can go to patreon.com forward slash podular modcast i would like to do some cassette releases soon um, with uh, self-center and uh, I want, really want to do a cassette release of, you know, a collection of the, the patch challenges that have happened up until now. And that's something that I would like to continue to do because, you know, we're already up to 20, to 21 today. So, yeah, again, patreon.com forward slash podular modcast. Let's talk to Walker Farrell from Make Noise. I recently discovered Darwin Gross's podcast and um, after I had already recorded a lot of episodes of my own and realized that I kind of do the same thing as him. <laughs> so I inadvertently <laughs> stole his, th- his thing. And, uh, and then I, I listened to your episode and, and, and it's a really, really great uh, outline of kind of how you got your whole background of getting into um, just basically where you are and how you, how you met Tony and uh, got got to working with make noise so i don't want to spend too much time on that but if you want to give us like just a a nutshell version of that and uh, sure um yeah so i was uh i've been interested in music for my whole life and electronic music on some level or another for most of that time um and i moved to Asheville, which happens to be the home of Make Noise in uh, 2005, which was three years before Make Noise existed. Um, sometime around 08, I started getting into modular synths and uh, and worked with them for several years without knowing that there was a company in my town that made them. I knew Moog was here. <laughs> uh, that was kind of harder to miss. Yeah. But, uh but it was it was sort of by accident that I, I stumbled upon the fact that Make Noise was located in Nashville, and by that time I already owned a whole bunch of their modules. <laughs> so um, so I basically just started kind of knocking down their door over a period of several months, and at that time it was still pretty uncommon for somebody in this town to be into modular since. Um, I mean, now we've got a whole bunch of people here who work with them and and play shows and we have uh we have a modular on the spot that i also organize um and i mean i've had enough to have four unique performers every time for this is our second summer on it now so um so yeah it's expanded greatly in that time but back then i was kind of like unique as a modular user who wasn't already employed by make noise (laughs) (laughs) so um so yeah i started there uh with an internship actually on the production line and um 
and I started making demo videos on my own time and then I presented I kind of just presented them on the low to to Tony and Kelly and said hey uh, I made this this is about the new module you just put out yada 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 and um, and they hired me to be a production manager at the end of that year and uh, and that was that is mostly a job that has nothing to do with making demos but uh, it was a small company still and so I was making all the demo videos as well that was kind of I was kind of like doing all this production stuff leading the production crew doing ordering of parts and uh, all that kind of thing as well as making demo videos and going to events and things so and then a couple of years ago that was in 2013 so a couple of years ago we split my what was my job at that point in half so that production management side is now um is now handled by a dedicated production manager named John, and my job is instrument specialist now. So, things like demo videos and events and product development and writing manuals and all that stuff is my full time job now. That is, uh, yeah, that's like the coolest job that I can think of. Um, I have to say, <laughs> it's a little surreal sitting here having a conversation with the familiar voice that taught me how to use my function, <laughs> my STO, my wobble bug, my contour. Uh, Believe yeah. me, it's surreal to hear people say that it's surreal to hear my <laughs> voice because I've been hearing my own voice for <laughs> however many years. <laughs> oh, but, man. Uh, Thanks for watching the videos, though. <laughs> yeah, well, they're they're super helpful, and I, I know I'm not alone in, in saying that. I think a lot of people are going to be excited to to hear hear our conversation for that reason. I think uh, make noise is kind of uh, they're definitely. It seems like they're you guys are like the cool kid on the block, but you're also kind of like like the, the, maybe the intimidating brooding kid at first until you get to know you, and then you're like, oh, they're, they're very nice, you know, like so. It's nice to have. Um, some really clear instructions. And what I really like about your videos is uh, you, you, you show creative ways of using them. It's not just this does this. It's like, hey, check out what happens if you do this. You know, like mm -hmm. just the other day, I honestly, I, I have ha I've had the woggle bug for a while and I didn't really think I would ever find a use for the audio outs on the top. And then you, you did a video, <laughs> like a 30 second thing. I'm like, oh, those, those are useful. I can do that now. So... Yeah. Um, oh, was that an Instagram video? I think it was one of the Instagram videos. Yeah. And is that kind of oh, a just, new thing? Yeah, just so you know, um, I don't make most of the Instagram videos. Oh, we, okay. In the, last, in the last year, we've had uh, Pete Spear working for the company as well. And he does uh, he does most of the Instagram stuff. Uh, we also have a guy named Lewis who does product photography and stuff. And some of the stuff is created by him, especially if you see like animations that are on the story and stuff like that. Uh -huh. That's created by this guy named Lewis. And then most of those things that are um, little patch tips that are 30 second ones on Instagram or the the voltage controlled environments and stuff like that. Those are made by Peter Spear. Okay. All right. That yeah. And I, and I make YouTube videos. Okay. Well that makes sense. Um, I definitely spent, I had the no coast for a while and, uh, I definitely spent a lot of time cause that, that was something that I thought, I thought that was going to be make noises kind of like, just simple synth for the for the the common person so i got it and then i was like oh i'm mm -hmm. kind of baffled by this thing and uh <laughs> um but again once you once you get a few patches under your your belt it's uh it's pretty easy so yeah you did a great job on that whole video series um, oh thanks yeah i think we aim for oh sorry no go for it 
I was just going to say, I think we aim for um, not not to make it confusing or, or hard to understand so much as to to sort of be be less directly technical so that it's uh, a kind of opening up a, a door in a different part of your brain. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that when we succeed, it becomes something where, like, even if you don't fully understand what the device or the input or whatever it does when you first look at it, that um we we try to make it we try to design the the instrument in such a way that the use of it the actual uh experience that you have with it will will teach you how to use it pretty quickly and maybe more thoroughly than you would with just a technical description i don't know how how successful we always are at that but that's definitely i think that's kind of what we are aiming for that kind of actually perfectly sums up much more articulate much more articulate i can't that's kind of ironic i can't say that word it's a much more articulate way of saying what i was trying trying to get at in that yeah it's like it's i feel like learning your guys's panels is almost like learning a new language once you got it it it's kind of like how did i not see that before you know like i think it's busy with the arrows and it looks really cool so it's automatically engaging but then once you kind of speak the language of the particular module it's like oh it tells you how to use it right here i just had to have Mm -hmm. walker walk me through it (laughs) (laughs) yeah well i'm and i'm kind of an extreme case because i'm using make noise modules like all day, every day. So I've obviously had more direct experience than almost anybody else. But I still, I still think I think that I'm not alone in saying like once I get to use them, I no longer read what's on the panels anymore. Yeah. Which, which is, which is not really the case with most synth stuff that I use. I, I usually am relying on labels to remind me which input is what and things like that. Whereas with with make noise modules, the way that the way that Tony lays these things out, I feel like the uh, the actual layout is is directly, um, it's like the embodiment of the function of it to where I just know from the way that things flow and feel which part is going where and doing what. Yeah, I imagine it's just kind of like almost a muscle memory at some point. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I wanted to pick your brain on on uh, how exactly you come about the patches. Cause I'm, I'm kind of, I heard you talking on uh, Darwin's show, like I mentioned earlier. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to use that title. Cause I work with uh, my buddy, Greg Markle, and he has a company called recovery effects. And he started doing modules about a year and a half ago. And I've been kind of a, a brand ambassador with, for him for a few years with his guitar pedals and stuff. And I'm mm-hmm. trying to make, make demos and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, when you said, yeah, I'm an instrument specialist, I was like, Oh, I, that's, that sounds, that sounds way cooler than, <laughs> than brand ambassador. Um, but where I'm going with that <laughs> is, um, you know, you see all these, these like, you, like your videos and the div kid videos and Mylar videos. And I think we, we all take it for, take them for granted until we try to make them. So I'm, I'm trying to make my own demos and it's, pretty dang hard you know like you stumble over your words and you gotta get your your patch lined up and be able to talk about it succinctly while you're moving through it so yeah tip my hat to you there and then so i guess my (laughs) rambling is leading to the question of how do you come up with the new uses and ideas for the videos is it something you kind of ruminate on or do they pop into your head or do people contact you or um it's 
it's kind of all three and more. Um, it, <laughs> the 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 origin of any given video could could probably come from a number of different places. I mean, if if I have an idea while patching on my own that I think could be fun and and would work well in a video, then I'll usually make one for it. Um, and that does not correlate one to one with like a patch that I enjoyed doing and I got good results with. Like <laughs> it needs to be kind of universal and, and also flexible in a way that is, that demonstrates things right. Like, you know, if I'm, if I, if I show a concept, it needs to be something that's inspiring on its own, but that also is going to be inspiring in the sense that it makes people want to build on it. They're not just going to, um, finish this patch up and then be done. Instead, it's like going to be a jumping off point too. Um, yeah, so totally. those, I, I guess it's that's probably the the one that just kind of comes out of nowhere, and I just they just come along randomly, and I never know when they're going to come along. And I guess e examples of that might be, um, uh, let's see, I guess things like one one that that I made a few years ago that has continued to be popular, and that that I'm that I like a lot is the, uh, the nonlinear quantizer video about Renee. I don't know if you've seen that one. Um, I it's basically I don't have a Renee yet. So, <laughs> the, okay. Well, the pat, it's like a patch. It's a patch idea of, of using the, uh, voltage addressing of the Renee as if it's a, as if it's actually a quantizer instead of, instead of being a sequencer. Oh. And it, it was just something I kicked around for, for a while in my head and then decided to make a video out of it, and it didn't really, it wasn't really meeting any particular need. I just thought it would be a cool video. You know, other times um, we I, we we want to promote some particular module or something, especially when we have new releases. Like, you know, last year we put out the Morphogene, and I made like a whole bunch of videos about the Morphogene, and it was, and. In that case, we pretty much had to make a whole bunch of just to show you how to do all the basic things that you can do with it. <laughs> yeah. So that that basically wrote a whole series of them for me right there. Right. Um, luckily, with the morphogene, like it doesn't take any effort at all to make it sound really good. So um, so those are really really easy to make, and I and I think that they were successful. Um, other times, I make things that are actually um, yeah, like in. I notice a lot of people are asking things like we, we did one a couple months ago that was about how to do ratcheting sequences. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I've, I see people talking about a bunch on, uh, you know, online Facebook groups about modular or Reddit subreddits and forums and stuff. Uh, the, that seems like a popular patch concept. And since we didn't have anything about how to do it in, in the video, library that we've already created i came up with a patch doing that and used uh my the way that i did it was using tempe and in a way that sometimes people might not have particularly thought of using it in this particular way with the uh, modulation of states and stuff so so i took like a what i think to to be sort of a universal concept that people were really into and came up with a way to do it that also gave them kind of a window into a part of our system that they might not have explored so much before. 
Yeah, I think I think that's what I really like about just how you guys approach the whole thing, and and especially the way you do your videos is exactly that. Like, hey, you can also do this, and I feel like if you know, I, I've had those aha moments on my own, but more more often than not, they're they're brought to me by somebody else through a video or somebody else using the same module as me, and it it I don't know, it's just it breathes a whole new life into something that maybe you thought you knew. Or maybe something you thought you didn't want anymore, and then you're like, "Oh shit! Actually, this is pretty dang cool. I never thought of it that way." Um, you know, that's a good point too. We do we do put emphasis on continuing to support modules that we've been making for a long time because it's very easy to get um, in the in the world of of modular since as it is now. There are so many new products coming out all the time that it's easy to get caught up in like the hype cycle and uh, what's the coolest newest thing, but most of us have a bunch of stuff we've had for a long time and it doesn't really need to, in most cases, be gathering dust because most of those things are just as cool as they were when we first got them, you know? Yeah. So we, we definitely, we, 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 we're, we're explicit about making sure that we, that we continue to show new techniques with stuff that we've been making for a while and yeah. make the whole, the whole system be important and not just like the latest module. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it seems like you guys are doing a, a heavy focus on the system thing, which is super cool. Like the, the Instagram video the other day of the, I think it was called like landline blues or something. You just made oh all man, these, that, that is was, amazing. That was, that kind of knocked my socks off. It sounded. Yeah, that knocked my socks <laughs> off when Pete showed that to me. He yeah. did, he looked up uh, every, he looked up like just on the internet what all the frequencies are for touch tones so that and that that it were actually used to to generate these messages and then he just tuned them in uh every single one onto different um the different locations of the renee and then perfectly dialed in the ring mods so that it sounded right and stuff and i mean it was uncanny it, it was yeah it was crazy it, it was and it was and that was all done in one patch right that was a one shot. Yeah, I think he took. I think he did a few takes to get it to get it perfect. The only part that that wasn't generated by the synth was the operator voice right. thing, which was a sample. But yeah, yeah, all the all the ringing, the the busy signal, the sound of the actual keys being pressed, those were all generated by the synth. It yeah. kind of brought me back to middle school when I was trying to get a hold of my buddies to meet downtown. <laughs> Yeah, and for, for sure. the listener, if you don't know what we're talking about, go to Make Noises Instagram and, and dig through their videos. It's uh, it's a pretty cool little patch. Um, Landline blues, I think. Yeah, is what he called it. Yeah, I think so. Going back to what you're saying with just kind of keeping um, your 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 older products fresh, I feel like you could you could probably do maths videos, you know, for the rest of your life. And maybe pass them, <laughs> pass the the job sure. down to your kids and have them do that. <laughs> um, yeah, well, it, it I, I have to say it makes my job easier that the the things that I'm showing in the videos are so flexible. So I mean, something like maths. Yeah, you're right. They could keep. I haven't. We haven't shown a fraction of what's possible with it. Yeah, I feel like even people who know it really well don't even use a fraction of what's possible with it. That's just, it's, 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 mm -hmm. it's one of those ongoing jokes. It's like, I, uh, I want to start, I want to build a modular system. What do I need to get? Five maths, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I just picked up a function and I'm trying to, uh, I'm still trying to wrap my head around that. But, um, yeah, I, 
I know it's it's one of the smaller modules, but I have to say I'm I'm really impressed with the contour for like the price oh, yeah. point, how versatile and how uh, integral it is to my system now. Um, now was that that was that's part of the no coast. Was that broken out of the no coast into modular form, kind of by popular demand, or was that always the plan? Uh, I don't I don't think I'd say it was always the plan, but it was it seemed like a no brainer because there was the circuit and we didn't have a dedicated ADSR module. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was easy to do cause it already existed. We just added a couple, a couple features to it. Another, another CV input and, um, and the mirrored output and the other gate output just to make it a little more full featured than it, than the version on the Ocoast and, that was all that it really took to get it to ready to go. And yeah, that, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say that what I like an ADSR is, is a pretty, pretty basic thing. And you know, people don't want to, you know, it's an expensive hobby to get into. And it's just, it was really cool to find something from you guys that like price wise contends with other ADSRs and might even be more affordable but does, you know, just as much, if not more. And it, and it has that make noise look, which is just, is, is, <laughs> um, is it Rogan or Rogan? I've heard both the Rogan knobs. I think it's Rogan. Okay. Yeah. I've heard both. And uh, I just never know. But I don't know if that, I don't know that for sure. I, <laughs> I noticed that, well, when I was production manager, I was talking to one of their reps one time about the knobs and they called it Rogan. Okay. So I think that's a safe bet. Probably. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so I almost I almost uh, spent spent the uh, savings I have for my wedding in September to to come out to the the ten year, but I, I couldn't I couldn't do that to my fiance. But um, that looked like it was a pretty pretty good time. And I know for the listener, if you want to check it out, there's some videos of some talks that you guys had out there. But um, I just I just kind of want to vicariously live through live that experience like how 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 was that was that just like a crazy, crazy it was amazing. modular meetup like it was it, well I, it's hard for me to say how it would how it compares to like other modular event type things because we were so caught up in the in the planning and execution of it um but it was it was um it was very much a whirlwind we had we had all hands on deck for the full 72 hours or whatever whatever it was that was <laughs> that it was happening you know everybody had a schedule and we had uh gear flying everywhere with labels on it t uh telling where it needed to be when and stuff and and uh it was i was pretty impressed at how smoothly it all went but it was really really fun we had uh i guess there are probably some people listening who who don't know anything about it so it was the 10th year um, anniversary of make noise this year and so we had this event that was all weekend in uh, mid-june last month and um, on so it entailed on friday there was a concert featuring it was kind of a showcase for make noise records um, and we had um, let's see, we had uh, Meg Mulhern play, and then we had Hypoxia, Bana Hafar, uh, Robert Ike, Aubrey Lowe, and Tyonde Braxton. It was really a fantastic 
concert. That's with, a lineup uh, right there. Yeah, um, and it was uh, it was in a sit down theater with um, an intermission and like segments in between where Tony and Kelly kind of talked a little bit about the history of the company and and uh, and introduced the artists and stuff and it was just great. Um, and Saturday we had uh, panel discussions. Um, four of them, and a, there was a, a, birth, a birthday cake for Make Noise, <laughs> and we had we had kind of a pop up uh, synth library, which was just full of systems that we that and modules that you can't get stuff that was out of production. There was a bunch of proto old prototypes and stuff on display. We had a system that was made entirely of maths for people to play with. Yeah, I saw that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty much all the all the systems that we ever have offered were there for people to check out and play with. Um, and the panel discussions were really fun. I moderated one with uh, with Tony and other engineers, um, firmware engineers, Tom Herb and Europa 58 and Matthew Sherwood and we just kind of talked about instrument design for an hour and that was fun and uh, I was on another one as well with with Tony and Tom and Richard Devine for um, the topic being you know micro sound and tape music and the morphogene and it had a nice Tom did a little kind of presentation about the history of sound hack in there as well sound hack a shout out Nice. Um, yeah, and Tony moderated a a panel with the with the musicians from the Friday night concert, and then Kelly, uh, the other owner of Make Noise, moderated a panel on community building with uh, people from the S one and the Synth Library, Modular on the Spot, uh, Technological Taxidermy, up in Washington. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I haven't I haven't met those guys yet, but. Uh, oh yeah just, they're really they're really cool yeah they're just really nice folks unfortunately even though we're in the same state they're still about three and a half hours away spokane is deep. yeah washington's pretty big <laughs> right yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they told me a little bit about spokane i didn't realize how far like inland it was or yeah or off the beaten path i've i've really only been to seattle and that's it yeah. <laughs> well there's a lot there's a lot of space here and we've we've got uh we've got everything out here at desert rainforest all that jazz it's uh it's a pretty great place to live um it's pretty that's for sure yeah you know i i i, I work as a uh, a low voltage electrician right now and it's kind of con- it's a construction job a lot of the time which i'm not super into and i've been kind of beat you know kind of being down about that like i don't like my job and then i was working down you know by the water and looked out the, the window and saw the the olympic mountains and the and the ferries running back and forth. And I was like, you know, at least I'm not like doing this in or something. (laughs) (laughs) Right. A little silver lining. Um, yeah, I was really bummed. I couldn't make it out there. That, that sounded like it was really cool. And you mentioned make noise records. I'm kind of curious about that. Is that something that is just like, it doesn't seem to be, I don't think I found it on Bandcamp. Is it kind of something that's just like starting? Is it an idea or, or is it kind of... Well, it's existed for a while, but it's not... Um, I don't, it can't really be a, a top priority for Make Noise. So, yeah, I imagine. Um, what we've... So far, we've released only singles, and they're, they don't have digital versions unless the uh, 
the artist who released it decides to do a release on their own once it's sold out. So, yeah, it's kind of a, a boutique label or Tony was actually saying in the uh, during the uh, the uh, during the concert um, for one of his introduction to to Robert to Rob Ike Aubrey Lowe that Rob was saying it's not so much a label as an imprint. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think we've done. I'm gonna say it started with uh, the shared system series, which was five seven inches, mm-hmm. and uh, and those coincided with the actual release of the shared system back in 2012, and they were rolled out over a couple a period of a couple of years. But the idea was the shared system was was a synth. It was a there was only one of them mm-hmm. that existed, and it was sent to the five artists who who each made a seven inch single using just the shared system. So that was, that was Richard Devine, Rob Lowe, um, Alessandro Cortini, Surachai and Keith Fullerton Whitman. And, and then, um, we've released, uh, in the last couple of years, 12 inch singles, uh, another one by Alessandro Cortini, one by, uh, Bana Hafar, one by Hypoxia, and uh, most recently one by Caitlin Aurelia Smith. Oh, nice. And um, we have more in the works, and I'm trying to think of which ones are actually announced. Uh, oh, uh, I know that the one there's going to be one by Evan Caminiti, um, which has been announced, uh, and we've got more that are also waiting in the wings to be released as well. So it's kind of, it has kind of sped up over the last year or two. But it's going to stay. We've more releases than we had before. It's going to stay um, physical copy only. So you can't get that, di- digital of any of this stuff unless the artist wants to themselves. It's, the, it's, it's at the discretion of the artist if okay. they want to release it. I think the idea is once, once the, once the records are, are all sold, the artist is free to do whatever they want. I kind of like that, you know, like I, I run a small little digital label and, uh, you know, we've done like 10 releases or so and it's fun. And, you know, we have a small group of people that like to listen to it scattered around. And, um, I don't know, there's, there's, there's kind of the, I, I want to do cassettes and, and vinyl and stuff, but it's, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's an expense, but I think doing something exclusive like that almost, I don't know, it, it, the the mystery of music has kind of been shattered a little bit for me with the digital <laughs> age, you know, like I used yeah. to dream about the cassette tape that I would have to mow the lawn to go by, you know, on the weekend right. when we'd go into yeah, town definitely. or something. Um, so I, I kind of like that idea as much as I'd like to listen to all that stuff right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I actually, you know, I, I own every, a copy of every single record and, and I listen to them. Every once in a while, I I do have that feeling. Oh, it'd be nice if I could just like press play on a playlist instead of <laughs> instead of flipping records fourteen times in order to listen to all of these. But yeah, especially the singles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think there's there's something to it because of that mystique. I guess yeah. Like I can when I was a kid, I couldn't listen to any given artist's entire discography just at the drop of a hat. I had to go see what was in stock at the at the, the, the store that I could ride my bike to. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and I don't know, mostly I kind of like being able to listen to any artist's entire discography whenever I want to. I feel like I, I, I'm picking it up a lot faster and more thoroughly now than I was when I was a kid when it was usually only like whatever their most recent release was. 
right right you know that was usually not their best release (laughs) yeah yeah you'd either find like the later in the career one or the super early one yeah um yeah i find that um the the trade-off is totally worth it I, i agree i'd like to just when i find a new artist like i know i'm really late to the game but i just discovered bill callahan and smog so I'm just oh, yeah. tearing through like everything, and yeah, his 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 catalog wasn't even on Spotify. He was like one of the last it just artists got who added. I was into that that got at. Yeah, I noticed that a couple weeks ago. I was like, I wonder if he's on there yet. And sure enough, they had his whole. Sometimes I wish we were an eagle is one of my favorite records. That's that's probably my favorite. That one and Apocalypse <laughs> are kind of are, are mm-hmm. back and forth. I, I I think I think Apocalypse I like more as a piece of art. But if I was going to a desert island and could only have one, it would be Eagle for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting because he's really that's not the type of music that I'm generally into. So it really <laughs> it stuck out to me so much when I first heard that yeah that album. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, I, I, I've definitely had my Americana or whatever you want to call it, indie Americana thing, but he's kind of the only one that I'm listening to right now. He's just, uh-huh. uh, and I know it's a modular podcast, so I won't talk about Bill Callahan too much longer, but <laughs> I will say that I found him and I couldn't, you know, he wasn't on Spotify or anything. So I ended up, you know, for the first time in a long time buying, like, rec- you know, buying actual digital records. And uh, it was about a week after I bought about four or five of them that they all were on Spotify. <laughs> uh, they were a, waiting for you to buy them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, well, going back to kind of that mystery of, of before the digital age of music and, and, and that kind of like the, the lore of everything, I feel like maybe modular is quenching that thirst for me now. Um, because... Outside, you know, you can do so much stuff in the box now on a computer with uh, your plugins and your soft synths and everything. And I feel like, even though a lot of it is digital, I'm not going to be one of those like I love how it's all analog. But there is something about the. It's kind of like akin to having to flip the record. You have to patch everything, you know. And yeah, I don't know. It's I, I kind of get romantic about it sometimes. Um, is that is is that what drew you into it? Was it was it like what was the draw of modular particularly? You know, it's hard for me to remember exactly what drew me to it initially. I think it was just that I thought it it was cool. I was interested <laughs> in in synths and stuff. I, I'd been into synths for a while, and it seemed like a natural next step once I realized that you know it was actually something that you could still do without. Uh, oh, you know what the other thing was is like I'd been into vintage synths and whatnot, and like, and that was a really, real pain in the ass to be into. It's like, <laughs> you know, usually they there was something that didn't work right, and it was like a ticking time bomb, and like to that you could that this there was this weird like, um, sort of vanguard world of like something kind of like vintage synths, all these analog circuits that you could screw together yourself and and plug in was what was what was probably the the appeal of it to me originally but Mm -hmm. you know i quickly found that it does it does change the way that i approach music in a positive way okay like the the making of it like the yeah and and it's exactly it's exactly like related to what you were you were saying because the way that i typically workflow with anything that has like a whole lot of preset memory and stuff on it is that 
I'll spend a bunch of time making something and then like it was enough work to do that that I don't want to go do it again. And so <laughs> I kind of like just go back to the same things that I already made sounds mm -hmm. or presets or whatever and just kind of like tweak them or a little bit or or I'd find myself just like scrolling through stuff all the time being like almost like more like you're picking what the right sound is for what you're trying to do from a list instead of really creating it yourself and I don't know modular synth empowered me to to always create it myself every time and also to kind of let go of having everything always be about results because I was always learning something every time I patched it and therefore like even if I didn't get some some amazing result this time it was going to be folded into the next time I patched I like and, that yeah you that... know it was gonna I was gonna gradually be getting better all the time mm -hmm. and be more capable as time went on and know more and just like be more in tune with the instrument right yeah like i've always used i've always made music as as you know a mode of self-expression like everybody else um and i'm i'm still trying to figure out what my voice is um and, and how to express myself on this particular instrument and um but the more i'm using it the more that's kind of not been at the forefront of my intent and it's it's becoming more of just like I enjoy the process and like I used to record everything and if it made it onto a recording you know 50% of the time it'd make it onto an EP or an album and I'd say I record maybe 10% of the patches I make maybe yeah so it's I don't know it's it's totally it's it's kind of rewiring my my brain and how I think about expression and I know you make a lot of stuff. You have, you have a pretty, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You have a bountiful band camp, uh, page. <laughs> um, and, and it's not all modular, but a lot of it is. And I was kind of curious, like you, you have multiple, it's kind of just collections of different patches that you've done. Um, is that an accurate description? Of yeah. Uh, you know, mostly I don't really put much emphasis on recording stuff unless it's for a particular project. Um, but I do, if I like a patch, I, I usually record a performance of it. Um, and I had accumulated many and many and many of those over the years. A lot of stuff that was made with modular and a lot of stuff that was made with other stuff. Um, and one reason that I have so much on my Bandcamp is because this year realized i just didn't have i had so much stuff in my hard drive that i just it was just taking up too much space to and i was somewhere. like well yeah it kind of <laughs> like using Bandcamp for storage but also like you know here's some stuff uh, finding i went back and like found stuff i made eight ten years ago and i'm not super crazy about all of it but i was just like you know what i'm just gonna put it all out there and make it free to anyone who was interested which is basically nobody but um i also decided that it would be fun to just sort of make it free but if anybody if anybody does give me any money for it i'll i have kids i'll put it into their college fund instead of like going and buying beer or, or sense <laughs> with it you know um and 
so that kind of was, it was kind of like a new year's resolution thing. You know, I, I put out something every week for like, I think 12 or 13 weeks of EPs that I put out this year. Um, all of which was stuff that I made years back. Yeah. Um, So you won two, uh, the layered objects for 2008 to the, through 2014. That's yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I, that kind of came out of just wanting to purge my hard drive but typically i do i will i will put out recordings of a particular patch that i worked on for a while and usually something that i played at a show somewhere mm-hmm. uh, that's usually with my with my patches it's often like i'll i'll work on a patch for a while because uh i want to play it live right and then and then when all's said and done i'll record it too I'll, that's kind of um, what i do as well yeah, um, and I have done one release that's more that's a little more purposeful. It's more like computer music. That's the one called "Music for Zero Point Infinity Musicians." Uh-huh. Um, that's that is something that I worked on for like two years, um, making a an algorithm with Max MSP to control a bunch of different plugins and modular all at once in this sort of improvised chamber music sort of setting um and that was a purposeful release that was something that i worked on for a while and actually wanted to you know put some effort into releasing but usually i just kind of you know when i like something i put it out (laughs) yeah (laughs) um i've been i've i've been working on more long form projects like that last one over the last year or two as well which are not ready yet but uh, yeah, I've been kind of, I've, I've got stuff in the works that's like more serious type releases as well. Okay. Well, you mentioned something earlier, which was, uh, which I was going to bring up and, and, uh, you're, you're using the money to, for your kid's college fund. And as somebody who is about, I'm, I'm, we're not quite there, but once, uh, once we're, we're past the wedding and honeymoon, we're going to, we're going to start trying. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of curious to pick. And another artist, another modular guy's brain about <laughs> like mo- being a like just just how how did becoming a father, if at all, change your your approach to to making music, not just on modular, but just kind of did it did it influence it at all or influence? Yes, it? absolutely, it did. Um, and it's it's more of I mean, it's more of a matter of of practicality than it is of um, I don't know emotion (laughs) um i not which is not to say that i'm not emotional about fatherhood i I love being a dad um love my kids uh but so one was when my first son was born i ended up with him sleeping on my lap like a lot of the time when he was a newborn Mm -hmm. and it was became unfeasible for me to patch my modular so i (laughs) sat with my laptop and taught myself how to use max instead and that was what eventually led to that to that ep release that i was talking about um so that was like the closest thing i could do to patching when i had that newborn uh now i we had our second son last november and so he's been a newborn and he's not a newborn now he's (laughs) he's crawling all over the place now but um but when he was a newborn um, it was, it was harder because I couldn't just sit with him on my lap cause I had a three-year-old piling all over me all the time too. Um, so really like the amount of time that I had 
at all, period, anywhere for anything creative was just like destroyed. Um, <laughs> and so what, what I've been doing now is, um, I have, I've been using, uh, portable recorder to just take field recordings and um just of all these moments of of my life and a lot of it is just like kind of being in the living room or at a park or or at a pool or something with with the kids and the sounds they're making and things that they're saying and um interactions between people and then um kind of using that as material when the time comes for me to be able to be creative, uh, I think I'm just like loading field recordings into the morphogene and stuff and basing patches around that. And they have a kind of a, a, a connection to my memories as well as being like already kind of made by the time that I get to it. I really like that. Cause I, I was actually <laughs> going to say like, I grew up with, you know, like Roy Orbison and, and, and that was probably the best of what my parents gave me, but a lot of really shitty music. So I'm thinking about like, these guys are growing up with a dad who's doing modular synth. <laughs> so like, I'm just wondering, like, do you ever think about like, where are they going to end up like taste wise if they're starting with, with this, you know, like, I just feel like yeah, they're going to be like the, the most interesting people in the world. But I think going back to what you're saying about using the uh the clips and stuff for future and to to show them in the future that that's like the uh i don't know that's like the the extra cool artistic version of just like having some vhs tapes of a birthday party or something (laughs) (laughs) right sounds way cooler i like that idea a lot um we don't have VHS tapes. Now we have thousands of like hundred of like 30 second iPhone videos. That... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know I was wondering about that. Yeah, I, have, but... I have nephews and I, <laughs> I like to do like little Instagram videos and stuff, but I'm like, what happens if Instagram goes away? Like I need to like, start like archiving this in some way. Right. So, um, well, right on. We're, we're, uh, we're closing in on, um, about time to, uh, draw you an adjective and a noun for a for a patch oh oh, cool cool so i will did you have anything uh i didn't want to don't want to cut it out cut it off without you having a last word on anything um do you have anything is there anything new you can talk about that's coming down the pipeline or uh oh for make noise i can't i can't i can't talk about that we're we're always working (laughs) on new stuff um and we're working on some things that i am really excited about right now uh, I think that's but, a better answer now, yeah. you know, for the people listening. I like, think oh, if I'm excited it? about them, then, then other people will be too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to draw an adjective really quick. And it is. All right. What do we got? Squirrely. Okay. <laughs> Squirrely gamma ray. All right, that's almost too easy. But I know. Hey, I was going to say, I feel like with. you could do that one. <laughs> Right on. Well, um, I'll give you 15 minutes, and then uh, we'll check in with you. Hey, gang. Quick interruption. I don't want to go into too much detail on this patch, but I have to show you what I did the other night with my AI synthesis voltage-controlled filter and my recovery effects cutting room floor. Um, I'm feeding a telharmonic from Make Noise into both of those, and I'm controlling the uh, filter sweep with the looping ADSR from AI synthesis, and I'm using a bunch of other stuff for modulation. But... 
I just wanted to show you this kind of overdriven, really cool, sweepy thing you can get with a voltage-controlled filter. And then, of course, I just got to throw the cutting room floor into just about everything I do because it's my favorite effects module that exists. Um, so without further ado, I am going to induce some nightmares and hopefully make you want to check out some, some new modules. AISynthesis.com and RecoveryFX.com. Squirrely gamma ray, which is how my grandma would describe modular synthesis. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, walk us through uh, what what each word kind of like conjured out of you and, and your gear. You know, the truth is when when you said squirrely, <laughs> what I pictured was an episode of uh, The Simpsons where where uh, the cops are putting squirrels down their pants and, and betting on on it in some fashion. <laughs> And there's these, there's like a cop sort of dancing around in the in the police station with uh, with with like these bumps that are squirrels just like <laughs> rolling around his legs inside of his pants, and the other cops are kind of like standing there with with like wads of money in their hand, like cheering him on. I haven't seen that one. Um, that was the first thing that squirrely evoked to me and i, I don't know I, but really i think i was thinking that squirrel of a certain kind of motion that might that a, might be considered squirrely um the funny thing is i don't think squirrels actually move in real life in the way that i think of that I, that squirrely evokes for me i, but I, I, I never I thought about it but same here yeah i don't yeah i, I don't think of squirrels when i hear squirrely yeah right so <laughs> it, but anyway i i was uh i basically decided to use um Woggly <laughs> CV <laughs> took a bunch of took a bunch of Wogglebug CV and, and routed it out to a bunch of places to to create um, sort of non-repeating and jerky kind of motions within the patch. Okay. And then gamma ray, um, I don't I don't actually know what that is, and I didn't 
to, I decided not to Google it. Um, I think that this some kind of cosmic ray, probably far above audible frequency. Um, but basically what I went for was like really high pitched, um, and hard to actually hear what the frequencies are, maybe just to evoke a higher, higher pitch or plane <laughs> than what consciousness is, but like kind of creeping into it enough that uh-huh. it might be a little painful. I don't know. <laughs> the um, one physics nerd in the audience is sitting there going, no, they got it. Gamma rays all wrong. Oh, I know. I just know. I, settle I'm down, sure physics that. nerd. <laughs> um, yeah, that was probably totally inaccurate. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I think there's just the word rays, you think, um, I always think of ray guns, but I was definitely, and the sounds that they're, that like, you know, the, the sort of stereotypical, like, ray gun sound effect, like, mm-hmm. beer, 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 you know. Yeah, um, like 50 sci-fi. I, I, I wanted not to do that, but I think I kind of did a little bit of it anyway. <laughs> um, but mostly I was going for, like, a, a drone but at, you know, usually you make a drone and you kind of fill out the frequencies and make sh- and like focus more on the bass and mid range and it being kind of like something you can get lost in. And instead, with this, I really went for a drone that was like painfully high. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. This might not be the most pleasant patch to listen to. <laughs> and um, you were you were kind of you were telling me earlier um, about the how you use the telharmonic. I kind of oh right uh, yeah that's... yeah. So uh, in a technical sense, I, I did use I, I used a, f- a few sound sources for this, but one of them is I used the Telharmonic to do something that that I have that I really enjoy um, that I haven't done a video on yet actually, and probably should. This is you were asking earlier where video ideas come from. Uh, <laughs> this one maybe I'll make a video on. Um, I'd like to see it. Yeah, it's uh, so the Telharmonic. Um, doesn't have any anti-aliasing filters on it, which is unusual in a digital synthesizer um, or any kind of digital sound environment. Um, so what that means is uh, most most things that do any kind of digital playback have they, everything has a sampling rate. It's the rate at which it's actually um, putting out values that are then being translated into speaker movements. Um, I think I think most people who are listening to a modular podcast can can dig that right um but i don't think everybody actually knows what aliasing is so i'll just describe it briefly um if you go above the sample rate of a device um then what happens is it's sampling it's still sampling the wave that's coming in but it's not sampling it fast enough to catch every cycle of it so instead it samples every some other some x number of cycles based on the relationship of its actual frequency to the to the sampling frequency. And so what can happen is it can think it's playing at a frequency that's lower than the sampling rate when it's in fact, it should be higher than the sampling rate. And, uh, and therefore there, there's normally always a filter on the output that keeps it from doing this and creating an alias. Um, so with the teleharmonic you have with the, uh, with the phase mod out, you have three, um, three sine waves, each of which is being potentially modulated by two other sine waves that are at harmonics of each other. And if you drive those up past the sampling rate, those different harmonics each create a different alias. And every little change you make in the, uh, in the centroid or flux or degree or interval controls causes the aliases to all move around each other 
in different ways and kind of go haywire. So it creates this sort of like high pitched digital cacophony that still is controllable to some degree. So it's really fun. Oh man, that's not, yeah, you got to do a video on that. I got to, I got to see that in action. That sounds really, really complicated and really awesome. Well, it's, yeah, it's complicated to describe what's happening, but like, you know, when you're actually doing it, it's not complicated at all. It's just like, whoa, (laughs) (laughs) right on, man. Well, I really look forward to hearing it and uh, just want to thank you for taking your time this evening uh, for us. We all really appreciate it. And um, Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, and uh, maybe be sure to check to out uh, walk, walkerferrell.bandcamp.com. Cool, um, thanks for the plug. <laughs> yeah, right on. Well, have a good evening and I hope we can chat again soon, man. All right, you too, Tim. All Take right. it easy. Later. Thank you for listening. 
Don't forget to check out walkerferrell.bandcamp.com, makenoisemusic.com. If you want to help the show out, go check out patreon.com forward slash modcast. And if you want to check out that new EP from Lemon Jaya, go to selfcenterrecords.bandcamp.com. Do you hear that uh, sparkly water getting made in the background? That means it's dinner time. It's probably morning time for you. Where are you listening? Do you listen in the car? Let me know. Podmodcast at gmail.com. Until next week.